episode. An after reviews this. Which means this episode. Referring to the start of the season, I say. Yeah. Um, or just going with this little discussion about what we're going to say in the intro. It's kind of like modern and a bit. Quite a poor hipsterish one, I say. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Um, so, welcome back. Thank you for the support last week. We went through a thousand listens. Again, wow. it's about five in a row now. Wow. We also, first time, I think, um, had more than a hundred from Argentina in within a within a week of uploading, wow. which is, I think, the first time it's happened. Get in. Um, so, thank you very much to our Argentine fans as well. God knows where you all are. I don't think there are a hundred English speakers in Buenos Aires, but clearly uh, <laughs> there are. Um, as and it goes down to zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as there are, um, uh, as the the observant among you will know, and the knowledgeable among you will know, the Argentine season starts this weekend, and that's what we're mostly going to be previewing. Um, first of all, we should at least mention, I think, the fact that the national team, uh, the proper national team, the the one involving Mr. Messi, are going to be in action probably whilst I'm editing this podcast, which is why we won't be spending very much time on it uh, against Sweden. Uh, afterwards, funnily enough, uh, not that we're trying to suggest that hadn't put prophetic, but we talked about Mauro Icardi last week, and everybody here is now quite excited because Alejandro Sabella said that after the that friendly he's going to stay in Europe for a few days and go and see Mr. Icardi and watch him play and assess him. So he's been noticed. Uh, clearly, Sabella is one of those uh, 121 players that we had in Argentina. Uh, he was listening. It's to very it. possible, you know. You know, he yeah. speaks English. He's he speaks very good English. He does. Yeah. 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 But, but I think with the Icardi thing, you know, there's something similar to what happened with, with actually with Leo Messi. Which is that the AFA had to move to, to make sure that, that, that he stayed with them. And obviously, Icardi had, can play for Spain, or, or obviously Italy is more likely, but he can, he's eligible to play for Spain as well. And there are a few other players as well, just dotted about the place. Uh, they have a very similar story to, to Messi, exactly the same thing has happened with well, the family. Which Lamella's is right. Lamella would be in the same boat, like, he's got an Italian passport. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. but Lamella was here and he's. And he, Feels, you know, yeah. he, he didn't leave when he was like a young. Team, no, I'm, sa- I'm saying more in the sense of like these players who are doing really well in Europe, but yeah. they haven't got the full call up yet. They haven't got the. But, but, but what happened so. with? But I mean, sure. I mean, Lamella played the under twenties, yeah. South South American Championship, and uh, and I mean there was the friendly in against Germany when they lost six one. It was a big fuss here. It was an under twenty side against a slightly older German side, but the reason, really, part of that was because Icardi was brought in. To kind of get them on board, so I mean, it's, it's good that obviously Cardi's playing very well, but I think there's uh, their hand is slightly turned by you know Prandelli saying that you know that yeah, yeah, into Italy interested. Uh, so, but it's good to see him. Yeah, it is, and uh, we'll be following the results of that conversation, obviously, uh, with with bated breath. Um, it's difficult to know exactly what kind of discussion we should have about Argentina-Sweden, given that we're talking before it, and this will be almost definitely uploaded after it. Well, I think um, a lot of but are we what, looking forward yeah. to it generally, guys. I mean, yeah, I think national friendly. I think what a lot of what I've read in kind of Ole and stuff, and the Argentine press is kind of it's been presented as a bit of a grudge match because obviously, like the wins of 2002, they're not going to be forgotten for a while. You know, Argentina going out of the group stage of the World Cup is. Is always pretty scandalous, and it was Sweden who who kicked him out. Anders Svensson who scored that free kick, who put, which basically put him out. He's in the squad, and also I know um, it's kind of the meeting with Zlatan and Messi after you know Zlatan came out with all of his accusations and uh, that's the word kind of mudslinging, I guess you could say, yeah. in his in his autobiography. So yeah, there's a couple of little little interesting twists to the game, but other than that, you know, it's going to be the first time Argentina play this year. It's going to be a pretty standard friendly. You'd expect Argentina to, to win. There's some interesting names, I think, again in the in the squad, like uh, Perusi's there again. I don't think he's got on the pitch yet, but he's been involved in the last couple of squads. And also uh, Montisha, who's uh, number 
you know, a number 10, kind of very traditional Argentine number 10, uh, he's just moved to Santos, so he's kind of like, he was a really late bloomer. I can't remember if he came through the Boca um, youth setup possibly, but never really got through. Just keep talking. Was it Lourdes, also. So, like, it was, you know, one of the big five, never really got his hold, and then he went out to to Chile, obviously, he was fantastic in Universidad de Chile back in 2010 when they got to the semi-finals of the Libertadores. Then went to Cruzeiro and became an absolute idol there. And now, yeah, Team San Lorenzo. San Lorenzo, that's the one. And yeah, so now he's you know teamed up with Neymar in Santos and he's also in... Pato Rodríguez. Yep. Well, I think he's a little bit above <laughs> him at the moment, but yeah, good old Pato. And now he's in the national team, so yeah, if he gets... Um, Gets a few minutes on the pitch, it could be could be very interesting. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing in this game. If he gets that, are we going to predict scores, results, or anything? We'll we'll know whether we're right or wrong by the time this is up. Well, well, we might as well. We we could just say every score line, and then you can put that one in, Sam, and yeah. it will sound really I'll, I'll really, really for, prescient. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for four two Argentina. Oh, that many goals! Wow. wow. No, I'm, friendly, I'll go for two one. No, I'll go for uh, three one. Two Argentina. Those are our predictions, and as I say, by the time uh, you hear them, you'll probably laugh at us when Sweden being 3 now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, other than the, the international um, break, it's not really a break, is it? International fixtures. Uh, the other big thing, which we can do a preview of, because it will be taking place after uh, this gets uploaded, is the. Well, I'd hope so, Sam. Yes, well, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> barring, barring power cuts or immense laziness on my part or anything, um, is the Torneo Final 2013, which kicks off with. Is it Union against Arsenal on first thing on Friday evening? It is. Um, yeah. And then Argentinos against the champions, Venice Sarsfield, later on on Friday. Um, where do we start? What can we say? What can we say? What are Menes' chances like of, of defending their title or anything? Like they, well, got they've got so a massive boost. In terms of yeah, confirmed signings at the time of recording, uh, it, it could well be, be dwarfed, uh, which we'll get on to later, but Fernando Gago, probably the, the signing of the summer so far. Yeah, that really is a fantastic, fantastic move. No question about it. Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit strange. I mean, a player who's still in his late 20s, um, really first choice in midfield for the national team, um, uh, you know, a player who's, who's still got you know, top quality player earning big wages in Europe, and it's, it's a He's strange. Be playing tomorrow against Sweden, uh, yeah, won't, won't be featuring on Friday night for that reason. But it's, yeah. it's a strange situation how he's, he's ended up kind of just on loan. There's no option to buy. Um, Valencia obviously didn't play their cards very well, but uh, but in terms of the Argentine league, I mean, everyone talks about how all the in Brazil, you know. Pato returned and they've held on to Neymar for all these years, and that you know, obviously, there's a, a huge amount of money there, so that's why Brazil's managed to do it. In Argentina, it's simply not the case, but all the same, it's great to see a player to have a player of that sort of quality back. Um, and I mean, you look at Vélez and you think, with the addition of Gago in the midfield, I mean, surely they've got to be, uh, yeah, they're gonna start. Yes. I don't know about favourites, but definitely kind of candidates out there again, you know, because they've kept pretty much their entire. Title winning squad together, really. I mean, we've got a list here of the confirmed ins and outs, um, which are very professionally brought up before we started recording. Ah, uh, and they haven't let anybody go. Gago's the only player they've brought in, but they've, they've, not, they've kept hold of everybody, which is quite unusual in Argentina, really. A team wins a title and normally they get pounced upon like, like carcasses. Yeah, it's true, but it was a strange little championship kind of. Vélez really were under the radar for a lot of the season. Like everyone was talking about news and there's a lot of talk about Racing as well. and you know, and the kids there, but then Vélez just kept going steady, and then they really had that last brilliant push at the end of the season. I think one must have been what the last four or five games were won or something. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chucky Pereira just, just really good form, yeah. But yeah, I was quite, I was quite um, surprised actually not to see more kind of rumours linking linking Chucky with a move away because I think that's the player kind of how he pl- how he plays on the pitch and how he you know leads the line. He's a player that. Kind of walk into most European leagues without too much adaptation, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's sure. relatively new to Dallas, though, don't he? It's only his first six months there. Well, yeah, but when is that able to young Argentines from leaving? Oh, no, sure, but I'm just saying, presumably he's got a contract that, that runs for a while yet, yeah, and if any club in Argentina can afford to 
keep hold of him from a financial point of view that would be well better to certainly one of them one of the very few yeah. yeah also it's obviously better whether you know the, the, the crisis in Europe I mean in Spain I mean at the beginning of this, the, the long seasons that were in Spain there's hardly any transfers at all no. the fact that no one could even afford the money for, for, for uh, Mitchell uh, who went then over to Swansea just points to, to the level of the crisis there so that, that, I mean sure you expect players to move and players do move very quickly here but I mean Europe the Clubs don't have the same amount of money to, to, be, to be splashing on on what is really a quite an expensive market because you look at how much players like Campos went for. I mean, Central Lyon. I mean, you know, the only the only league that has that kind of money really to, to gamble because it is a bit of a gamble when you take teenagers who've only played you know a year or so in first team football in Argentina. Um, the only league that can do that is the Russian league. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time though, I mean, this is this is good because I mean we're, we're always saying oh, it's ridiculous that the players leave so young, so early, and that there's, there's no time to build a team. And, and actually, you know, given that crisis, then players are staying a little bit longer. Maybe it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be, be beneficial. For it's going to be very interesting. I mean, of course, the flip side to that is that a lot of Argentine clubs almost depend on that money to, yeah. to come in to keep. Not so much, you know, the everyday cost, but kind of they're all running a pretty sizable, you know, total debt, you could say. And every time, you know, Euros come in, it, you know, massages that and makes it a little bit less, um, less terrifying. So. If this is kind of a long-term trend, like less players are going to be going in for smaller fees, like it could definitely kind of. I'm not saying it's going to, you know, affect the league negatively, but it will definitely no, change how people do business. Maybe right, it's a big problem for the clubs for sure, yeah. and it's going to, I would suspect, allow agents an even greater part in, in Argentine football than they already have because they're going to be looking for third, third, more third-party investment yeah. than already exists. Um, I just wanted to go back as well and, and just explain exactly why Fernando Gago has come to Venice because I'm sure we have some listeners who are familiar with the whole story. Um, his his girlfriend, wife, no wife, isn't she? His wife, yeah. Uh, Gisela Dulco, the, the now ex-tennis uh, player, is pregnant and basically they, as I understand it at least, they both want the kids to be born in Argentina, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's about the reason, really, which is why he's back for six months, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. Uh, but it, it, I mean, you're right, Joel. It does seem a slightly peculiar move for him to be making at this stage of his career. He's only 26, well, 27. He's 27. I mean, at the beginning of January, there was talk about him going to Boca. Uh, they Boca didn't make a, a bid, but at that time, Valencia were looking for money because he was still in the t- in the uh, in the plans for the first team. That changed. Obviously, uh, Mauricio Pellegrino, uh, Pellegrino left. Um, Valverde doesn't want, isn't interested in having Gago on the side so that's when from Valencia's point of view they just wanted to, to get him out of the squad um, and not have him just sort of sitting around in the reserves and what have you so so that changed there and that, that explains to an extent why he didn't go to Boca but, um, but, but still all the same as you said it is strange that at his age that um, yeah I always get the feeling that Gago is very under, underrated kind of underestimated in Europe Speaking to kind of journalist colleagues I have that are based, you know, more watching Spanish football, Italian football, kind of, they don't have a particularly high opinion of them. They're kind of puzzled why he's in the uh, Argentine team and stuff. Mm. So I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I think he works really well in that kind of midfield three with Mascherano and, and Di Maria. Kind of, he does his job very well. He's very busy, passes well, he gets, you know, he gets stuck in. So I think, you know, he's not, maybe he's suffered a bit because he's not kind of a. Uh, you know, a stereotypical Argentine kind of flashy midfielder who comes out and does tricks and smashes goals in from long distance. You know, people maybe signed him in the past expecting something else. His goal scoring record is terrible. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't yeah. score goals. Yeah. So maybe that's held him back, you know. But yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because obviously with like Mascherano, everyone knows what exactly what they're going to get. But you know, with Gago, maybe. But he's the, exactly the kind of midfielder that Argentina have so few of. It's that kind of Precisely, player yeah. who plays absolutely. That, play, you know, a, a perfect pinpoint thirty-yard pass through the lines. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange that he hasn't, as you said, in, set himself more, more firmly sort of in the European market yeah. as such. But, uh, but as you said, I mean, there are, there's obviously personal reasons. Behind this move yeah. as well, so maybe that yeah. you know, kind of puts all the professional things to one yeah. side. And an interesting point actually related to Gago and the Argentine team is we've got kind of well not a new face but a returning face this this Wednesday for the for the squad against Sweden, which is um, Ever Banega. He obviously you know, 
a colleague of ex-colleague we could probably say now of uh, of Gago in Valencia but he's been out of the reckoning probably this is the Copa America right the successor in Boca as well when Gago was first yeah, yeah. Boca to Madrid everybody yeah. said oh well this doesn't matter because we've got this other kid even better than him yeah. turned out not to so it'll be interesting so it'll be interesting if um if Gago will kind of keep his place in the team playing in Argentina and with um, Banega fit and mm. and breathing down his neck it's going to be an interesting battle for that kind of last place in the field because you you can probably say that Mastiolano and Di Maria are there they're not they're not going out anytime soon I think that that would be fair enough to say yeah. that um, and obviously as we say Vélez have, have certainly although they've only brought him in and no one else it's, it's uh, not going to harm their chances of retaining the title um, no, not other clubs big transfer stories down one you, you told us about Ricky Centurion um, leaving to Anzi last week on the pod and yeah. Gabriel Alce has since confirmed that he's leaving Racing mm-hmm. how are Racing doing in the transfer market because I know a lot of, of the fans don't seem very pleased with those uh, Mario Bolatti now looks like he's coming in on loan from Internacional of Brazil yeah it looks like Mario Bolatti's coming in uh, I think they've got an you know obviously this is all kind of newspaper talk and so it's got to be taken with a pinch of salt <laughs> but yeah apparently the, the deal's been kind of confirmed with with Internacional it's kind of a six month loan without an option to buy pretty standard kind of kind of deal and now they're just um, working out kind of the personal terms with Bolatti because obviously to come back to Argentina he'd have to take a pretty mm. pretty hefty pay cut like, like they're trying to negotiate a deal whereby to pay 75% of his wages aren't yeah. they yeah. Wow. Wow. which is pretty ambitious but you know well, where does Bolatti fit into the into that, that side because I mean yeah, you've got it's an interesting question it's not a place oh, Richard, Camoranesi Zuccolini, uh, uh, Pelletieri. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how do you see that working out? Uh, Racing planning on playing a 4-6-0. I wouldn't put it past him, no. it, It's an interesting one. Um, I guess the idea is that uh, Bolatti would be kind of the more the more cultured midfielder, the more ball-playing midfielder out of, you know, alongside kind of either Pelletieri or, or Zuccolini. Mm. Or maybe they'll, they could go for like a, a three-man midfield with... Um, Bolatti, uh, then either one of Zuccolini and Pelletieri and then Camoranesi because obviously we saw last season that Camoranesi is not going to be playing all 19 games of the season he's just not sure, got, sure. got the fitness for it and then with uh, with Fischada kind of outside more and uh, uh, Carrillero kind of row you know, like that kind of row yeah. but yeah w- if I had to choose it wouldn't have been the place I'd, um, I'd have put money into Racing in, in improving the squad but it seems like you know the option came up to, to go for Bolatti and there's some interest there you know obviously the, it's a big name it's a name that the oh, fans he's know a great player really, yeah. he's a really really top player I mean, yeah. you know, when we talk about the, the great the great I mean you know the, the Uragan side that played so well like a few years ago yeah. um, everyone talks about you know, Pastore obviously and rightly so and, and also the Federico but I mean Bolatti was just as important yeah, yeah, for in that team yeah. so I mean he's uh, as you said he's kind of the, the players that keep things ticking over yeah. midfield maybe a little bit more incisive than as you said Pelletieri and, and Zuccolini yeah they were good players but they're yeah. really limited like I think Pelletieri more than Zuccolini I think Zuccolini really did come on leaps mm. and bounds in the last season but I think that's kind of that'll be kind of the movement. I think Pelletieri will be kind of dropping back. He won't be playing perhaps quite as much as he yeah. has. You know, he's been a real, real rock for Racing in the last couple of years. But I think he's got 32. Kind of, he's getting, he's getting on age. Did you know? Just, just very quickly, I saw um, the senior Zuccolini's broke ruptured ligaments. I think Ooh. he's out. For the, he's missing the rest of the season yeah. with his elbow stuff. Ah, oh, poor lad. By the by, yeah. And yeah, I think it's the word for that. Um, in terms of the other clubs who, who are going to be uh, challenging for the title in fact sorry let's deal with Racing's possible title challenge now since we're talking about them uh, Maron Cameron AC was being interviewed on TV yesterday and was yesterday or two days ago and was denying very strenuously uh, that, that Racing's lack of involvement in continental competition is going to give them a, um, an advantage even though history suggests that not being involved with any Vestoris does significantly improve yeah. your chances of winning no, obviously it gives them a, an advantage the question is is that advantage enough to make so it outweigh the fact they're racing to outweigh the fact they're racing exactly mm-hmm. I couldn't have said it better myself and, and yeah, there's, there's, there's something else sorry, very quickly, that's going on here as well which is that with changes at AFA uh, Nicola Russo who we mentioned last, last week has taken over the youth team system coordinating gig from from, from, from right? Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he uh, 
But the only name really they've mentioned in terms of bringing in as a coach is, is Zubalia. Zubalia, who yeah. obviously he knows very well. They worked together for a long time at Lanús, where, where also is the president. So, or, well, no longer is, but was. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens at Racing exactly because they were obviously already kind of touting to see whether Zubalia would be interested in a sure. job at. Uh, but say so with AFA so if Racing don't get the kind of start that uh, you know yeah, it could be Dan, Dan would like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair to say yeah. no it'll be interesting I mean personally I can't see exactly what would be in it for as we're here at this particular time you know Argentina aren't going to the World Cup they won't have a, a competitive tournament until what 2015 now so it'll be kind of you know coming in for with two years of really kind of like back-breaking work for at least so I don't know if it would entice them right now but maybe yeah, moving into 2014 mm. closer to the the next round of um, tournaments I could definitely see happening you know this is a person who's got really uh, <clears throat> a proven track record with, with the kids and bringing in youth players both at Lanus well, and he's now pretty we're, much uh, a kid himself still he? and he's still a kid himself he's yeah. yeah he's younger than most of Racing's team so yeah, um, it's definitely a move that I can see, but I don't think it's gonna it's gonna happen in, until probably the next year. Are there any other transfers that sticks to the confirmed ones so far? Because obviously there's there's one in particular that we're going to have to talk about at some length, at least in a few minutes' time, uh, that have really caught your eyes. It always happened. Yep, and it's that's gonna be, right. Yeah, we mentioned it last week. I mean, it's it, 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 it's uh, he's finally signed, and yesterday did all the. The photos with Daniel Passarella and he was given his shirt and everything and um, I mean he's a player who's there was such huge fuss about him more than anything because of the the bureaucratic nightmare that he's had I mean he was at Quilmes when he was at a uh, uh, contract rebel with with Cerro Porteño couldn't play with 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 Quilmes that was all part of a, a, a movement as well like we mentioned with Icardi to bring him on board and get him to play for Argentina rather than Paraguay so come get him in the country and make him you know, feel a bit more Argentine because he was born in Argentina but obviously grew up in Paraguay um, at Cerro I mean he hardly played moved to Porto he hasn't really played that much first team football so so the point is with this he's a player who was hyped massively he's incredibly fast very direct very vertical um, but I don't really know if how much people know what we're getting with him because when he played with Argentina he hasn't been that spectacular um, he, I mean he's you know there's a lot of promise there and, and he's kind of like a you know, great pace and everything but it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that works out and also where he plays at River Plate because uh, Ramon's putting a three three man uh, defensive line and playing really full back so Sanchez on the right and Bancioni on the left um, and obviously you wonder where exactly where does it all be played there? does he play as, as one of the two strikers I'd say as a second striker kind of that's going to be his and yeah, then yeah for this weekend the seemingly confirmed strike duo is Mora Rodrigo Mora yeah. and David Pressinger who's returned to form by scoring goal in a meaningless friendly against Boca Juniors uh, last the, the, week the Trez absolutely uh, yeah. well I mean but I, I think mean, it's, it's harsh to write it off as a meaningless friendly because now the meaning is that's decided the forward line you know? oh totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> well as a pre-season friendly it's served its purpose exactly yeah. like, obviously yeah. I mean it takes on a different yeah. sort of dimension because it's against Boca but um, but actually I mean Trezeguet and Mora is, is a fantastic forward Pairing yeah, because I mean Trezeguet just sits in the middle, you know, poaching, just uh, you know. More that's all the hard running. Yeah, but, but he is that kind of striker. Yeah. He's very comfortable, you know, playing as a second striker, drifting out wide to either side. Um, so I mean, uh, yeah, the question mark is about Trezeguet's fitness, but again, I think it's more a thing made up of the media. I'm not sure. Everyone's like, oh, I'm not sure about Trezeguet, but I mean, Palermo played till he was 47. Exactly. So I mean. Just let, let Trezor get playing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuertes until he was getting his bus for Fuertes, exactly. In terms of other, well, I'll say moving on now to some of the possible title contenders. Uh, looks like Newell's had a pretty. I was going to say, yeah, Newell's Newell hasn't brought anybody in. Um, they let Alexis Pachuca go to Universidad Concepcion. Leandro Torres, who didn't really feature very much, and of course, Banchioni, who Jones just mentioned as we've to River play. Um, they, they had a very mixed but, but, but Spurruti and Uruti also left didn't they the two, the two strikers of course they did yeah. so I mean, I mean they, they, they've, they've lost a lot of players have they yeah. not brought anyone in at all no wow. as far as I know no. which is um, 
Well, to be fair, it's, it's ne- neither Spadaduti nor Rudi played very much last season. I mean, they were both sort of second fiddle, really, to um, to Nacho. Scott, 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 yeah. oh, Scott it's been it's been a long time. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So, so I mean, maybe, but but the point is that you don't have the, the depth of, of the squad. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was surprised because I mean, with Spadotti in particular, they didn't make very much money for him. I mean, especially considering he was going, to, he went to well, Palermo, right? I mean, yeah. A league where there's, there's a fair bit of cash going around. But anyway, um, but the reason for that was his contract's up in six months. Sure. So they prefer to let him go now and get some money. I believe. I'm not sure it was him. Make, make, was makes absolute sense. sense. I mean, but that said, I mean, you know, Newells were, apart from Scott Gold, I mean, where they, who they relied on massively for the, for all the goals, um, you do think that there's no reason why there shouldn't be a, a, a strong level of continuity at Newells because of, because Tata Martin is there and he, he instilled a, a very sort of, uh, a clear identity in the way that they were playing football. So, I mean, Newells is, is one of the top youth uh, producers one of the top producers of youth talent as well yes. uh, they've got a lot of good players coming through so you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't uh, shouldn't do reasonably well but you know, it's a bit cool for them to, to reproduce last year's or last season's yeah. um, form definitely yeah and Belgrano I mean Belgrano has to be mentioned because they were the of the sides who weren't in the Libertadores they, they were the ones who finished highest in the final they were joined second in the Donnell final mm. um, and we've not talked about them at all they've, they've brought in again like you all nobody Claudio Perez, as we mentioned last week, to Pop Juniors, and Pierre Barrios has gone to Gymnasia de Poi. And Perez is out long term, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I think he is. Yeah, did, um, did his knee in or something like pretty seriously, like, so I don't think he'll be back for the start. Spicy Pereira, that's the problem. Spicy, yeah. yeah. But apart from that, they've kept the rest of what was quite a good side during the Donato ACL. Yeah, it was a very functional side, like, it wasn't. Yeah, they didn't score many goals no. at all, did they? Um, yeah, I thought Carranza they had five, yeah. five one-nil wins. So like that, yeah. I mean, but very hard to beat. I mean, yeah. I, I found that watching uh, Racing against Belgrano when they went down to nine men for an, for an entire forty-five minutes and managed to hold, hold out for the for the win. So yeah, they're not they're not easy to beat at all. And they had um, Carranza, who I thought was very impressive. At yeah. least for the I think for the first half of the season, he was fantastic. I think he sort of faded a little bit in the second half, but. Really, kind of, you know, explosive forwards, likes to uh, run at people. Really, like, played for the team as well. Like, was involved in pretty much all their goals. You know. So, no, I don't think they'll be able to to reproduce what they did in in the initial. But they'll, you know, they're completely safe from from the promedios now. The uh, the relegation, so they they can play a bit, you know, with a bit of a relaxed attitude and just kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right, they don't have that pressure, do they? Yeah, I was just checking that. Basically, to average, we always say that an average of 50 points a season um, is pretty much enough to keep teams up and Belgrano need nine points to hit an average of 50 over the two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, they've been up so far so they don't need to worry about the relegation at all. Um, I think we should probably talk a little bit as well about, because we're, we're previewing uh, the final now, but... Now, but uh, Iniciano only finished on Sunday yes, absolutely yeah. <laughs> and it ties in quite nicely too we were just talking about the relegation and one of the sides of course who have been very much in the relegation battle which Independiente they've also been very much in the transfer headlines uh, in the last few days they've brought in Juan Caicedo from Deportes uh, in Colombia um, to spice up the forward line basically haven't they because they've yeah, it's kind of got a much powerful, attack. yeah. Uh, but one player who they brought in before they played Tigre on Sunday in the match that was held over from the 12th round of the Doneo Inicial was Daniel Montenegro, who knows the club very well, has played very well for them in the past, and played very well for them again on Sunday. I thought I only caught the second half, but he was instrumental to set the goal up. I didn't watch the match, but I'll, I'll take you word for it. He's, you know, he's, he's getting on the years, but he's... Uh he's a quality player, like. It was a 1-1 draw. Um, I was watching the Super Bowl. Thing. I don't know if this um, strips no, me of my, my hand of Paul Wrights, but... <laughs> I don't think you would have been done. I'm sure it was on after. Oh, no, maybe it was starting about the same No, the Super Bowl lasts about 10 hours, yeah, so yeah, true, yeah. every bit of sport on Sunday coincided. Um, but, yeah, Montenegro's back. He's going to have to be... I mean, every bit as good as Independiente, I hope he's going to be, as is Caicedo in order to... Oh, he's going to have to be a bit better than that. Independiente now are 10 points adrift from San Lorenzo after this... Um, uh, in the relegation table San Lorenzo being the next team up the table who've, who've got three seasons on the belt and therefore the, the nearest direct competitors 
Um, what could they say? Are they going to go down? We've had Grondona saying, Grondona, of course, who uh, was an independent supporter, um, saying, you know, and if they're going to stay up, they have to do it on their own. I'm not going to help them, kind of thing, which is very dumb. Very dumb, yeah. Um, no, I think they don't have to worry too much about San Lorenzo. I don't think they're going to make up a, a 10 point gap. We saw San Lorenzo really um, improving a lot towards the end of the last season when yeah. uh, Pizzi came in. I think what they've really got to stake their hopes on, they've got a lot of variables down the bottom with these teams that have only got either one or, or two seasons that are going to count towards the promedio side. We're talking about Union, Quilmes, uh, San Martin, and Rafaela. Yeah. So those four teams, like, they all had pretty shoddy seasons last yeah, in the Inicial, and we don't know particularly because they're kind of off our off the normal uh, margin time football fans radar unless you're, uh, you're a fan of the club but that's really what Independiente are going to be putting the hopes on they've got to outperform those four clubs you can say and well they only have to outperform two of them so I mean it's just on paper three because the bottom three goes straight down remember the three three it's not really good yeah. that's correct which is why Independiente are currently in the drop zone yeah um and I want it next as well. Well, the other thing that's happened with Independiente just today, in fact, is that the uh, the head of the security division, Florencia Arrieto, has stepped down, citing differences with Javier Cantero, who, of course, we've talked at, about uh, at a lot of length on Hand Pod last year. He, he's the club president who is at war with his club's Barra Brava, um, and has been going through a... a a load of campaigning that I think we, we all agree is, is even down as a racing fan and certainly even Seven when he was yeah, on was also a racing fan it's an admirable thing for him to be trying to do um, and Arrieto uh, basically said that, that Cantero thank you Dan was going to have to um, to explain it himself in the press and he did he explained that she wanted to continue pushing for, for more changes for more action against the Barra and he was you know, more more set on uh, kind of sticking with protecting the advances they've already made, which seems slightly. Well, it's, I, I wonder what's specifically over. They, they've released or taken off the list of the Liga Nacion, which is people banned from the stadium. They're taking two people off that list. One is a fairly wealthy plateista, so not somebody you associate with the Barabarab as such. Um, and another person is, I think, closely linked with one of the former um, Barra Brava leaders, but, but it isn't, from what I understand, has, it's based on sort of good behaviour. So these are kind of like the historicos in the club, like yeah, these guys so who've been around exactly. longer than anyone and yeah, exactly. had a um, bit of a history. And yeah. uh, but I mean, just the fact that I, I found it extremely worrying that Cantero said um, you know, she wanted to take it further and that's why she's left. Because, um, and I think what's happening is that it, the result of nobody absolutely nobody in Argentina um, supporting Cantero in any sense at all is, is starting to show and he's realising he can't do it all mm. um, I mean I'm not quite sure I don't know what the behind the scenes uh, is with, with these two characters but, but the, the argument was over the ritual the admission for these two people and and actually and I mean going back to the sporting side of things I think what this does and, and it's a problem that Independiente had all over, all over the summer is that there hasn't been good news you look at River or Boca, they both brought back, um, you know, Ramon Diaz and Bianchi respectively, and it just changed the mood of the club. And and it, nothing's really changed that much. They've just brought back the, the coaches, but and of course, independently of Gashigo, and that was why they brought him back in the first place. But then with the transfers, they haven't had. Sure, Montenegro came back, but they they missed out on Pavon, they missed out on a few other transfer targets, and so they haven't had that. Just that bit when independently front page of Ole you know, great news and, and exactly right and, and that kind of thing which just, I mean, that would be pretty ambitious yeah. but, but that kind of move though that makes everyone at the club say you know what we can do this and that hasn't happened and, and this problem with, with the Barabrava and Arieto leaving is, is compounded that just ahead of just you know days before the season it's like oh god things are still not working out yeah. here and I think that's the problem at Independiente because they've got the players they've got some real quality Montenegro is a player who can more than win a couple of games a good few games over the course of the season by himself you know regardless of really who's got around him um, but, but they haven't had uh, that Benitez played like well right exactly yeah, and they've, got, they've got some good players but, but just the mood they haven't had this shift in the mood which I think a few other clubs have done and, and 
I think that's what the worry is for Independiente. So, I mean, no one wants to see, see him go down. It's only Independiente and Boca now who have never been down at all. So, I mean, it really is a, a massive story if they do. Um, but, as I said, I think that's the problem, is that the mood hasn't lifted at the club. There's still a lot of pressure. It's very intense. And, then, and I mean, if they don't win, again, we always say this, I mean, it goes for anyone. But, I mean, if they don't get off to a good start, then, I mean, you know, the situation with the Bada Bada is going to only get worse I mean that could mean all kinds of things I mean very serious implications so um, it, it's going to be pretty tense down in certainly in, in Evertonia for, for a while yeah I think I'm going to really pick you up very quickly by the way Joel I'm, I'm meeting a gentleman uh, in a bar tomorrow night oh, I think the nice. my brother's uh, former flatmate in New Zealand he's Argentine and he's now back in Buenos Aires he's an Arsenal Sarandi fan turns out there is one um, and if he hears you saying that both Independiente and Boca are the only two clubs who've not been down, you might get. No, I'm not having, I'm not having this though. Because Arsenal have also never been relegated. It doesn't count. They've been in the, in the top five for quite as long as Independiente or Boca. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'd have had pedants picking us up. And <laughs> if, even if we won't go inside too much. No, you're, pedants, you're, abs- you're absolutely stuff. right. Technically speaking, you're right. But I mean, you know, we're also talking about clubs that have hundred, over 100 yeah. years of tradition, not, not a club formed in the 50s. Which is no slight on Arsenal, but it's just, it's, 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 it's just the way it is. Hamilton has not been shy about slighting Arsenal in the past. No, um, but now they've got a title, we might have to maybe start showing them some respect. Nah. Nah, um, other clubs who've made changes over the summer, uh, Union, uh, one of the ones I wanted to discuss, because when I was doing my first drafts of my weekend betting previews yesterday, I came across the fact, which really showed up the fact that I've been in, in Europe for a couple of months and haven't been paying any attention at all, um, that Facundo Sava <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, was back in management. And we all said when he left San Martín de San Juan that, that it was a bit of a shame that he didn't get more of a go, but it was understandable uh, why that was, and we're now going to get to see what he can do with a full pre-season in front of him. Um, they've been quite quite good in pre-season from what I've read um, what do we think about the changes Union have made I'll, I'll bring up the transfers now well it's a hell of a challenge for, for Salah because they were dire absolutely dire in the initial they're the only team without a win they've not won a league match in 23 attempts now yeah. uh, so he can only do better surely mm. absolutely they, they, looked, uh, they brought in Damian Licio from Bolivar in Bolivia um, and they let Maxi Lugo go that last bit summation of their transfer activity what, what do we think of this uh, our expert opinion on Bunyan's chance of staying up no they're going down well, I, can't, I can't see him the, the Salva did have a pre-season at, uh, at San Martín yeah he did, he did. Yeah. And, he, and he lost the first five games yeah. and that's why he lost his job um, at San Martín I mean he kept them up and this is the thing I mean I don't think Salva's I mean, we don't know if he's a good coach or not he, he's, he's a real thinker he's a very intelligent guy um and I think he's got the right sort of outlook and, and the way football should be played and also in terms of working with young players and that's one thing he did at San Martín he brought through a few of the, the youngsters but I mean uh, I mean as you said Dan I mean he can, he can only turn things uh, around the right way because you said I mean was it 23 games that, that they haven't won for I mean um, pretty dire but I, I mean yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen it in the pre-season I, I, I don't know about that but I mean and also Union I mean or it happens to all the clubs pretty much that are outside of Capital you know they don't uh, outside of Buenos Aires or without sort of uh, more than a taxi ride away for the uh, for the television channels to send their reporters sure. down to which you know is the way it is but um, so that they're not in the media that much then there's not that much attention on them which I think is a good thing we mentioned I think before that for Palermo at Goy Cruz that's also yeah. quite a good, good thing as well but um, I mean how long was Sabre at, at, at San Martín for? I mean, what, six months? Well, yeah, he saved them from relegation. Saved them, like, he kept them fantastically up. Fantastically there. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. then five games into yeah. the next season he was out. So um, I don't think we can really tell what, no. what to expect from him or, or how optimistic or, or not. All we can say he's got a hell of a battle in a sense. Yeah, and both Union and Kielnes have, have got to improve quite drastically. They're the only two teams below Independiente in the relegation table. They've both got an average of exactly one point per game. Um, Kilmes, of course, have played fewer matches, so those can go up a bit more quickly if they start winning. Um, but Kilmes as well have been very active in, in terms of transfers. They've brought in Gustavo Ovalan from Argentinos. That's a good oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nunez go, who didn't play very much and wasn't bad when he did, but he didn't feature very regularly for them to, yeah. to rank hairs in Chile, uh, or Rangers, if you're <laughs> Scottish. Yeah, um, I think one of the teams I'm going to be looking forward to following this year is, um, is Lanús. So we talked about them quite a lot. We had this um, 
twin duo of uh, the Barashilota brothers in you know their but first season match. Not only their first state, and exactly there was a lot of talk. Yeah, there was a lot of talk that or they're signing contracts. Yeah, there was a lot of talk that they'd be moving to Boca, but that didn't that didn't materialise. Obviously, uh, Bianchi came back, so not so much talk that they'd be moving to Boca. It was more talk that they're six months at Lanús for the job interview. Yeah, <laughs> for Boca. Boca. The time well. yeah. And it looks like I mean I can't see the names, but it looks like they brought in a few. Well, they brought in Christian Chavez from Boca, which could be very interesting. I think he, he didn't impress that yeah, much. But that's a, ga- sorry, Boca, that's a gamble. Very much. It's a gamble. But then again, it's kind of one Absolutely. of these players, you know. Outside of the spotlight of the Bombonera, outside yeah, of the complete media frenzy, I'm not saying he's going to turn into Messi, but we could be a little bit surprised. I didn't want him in Racing because it'd be exactly the same pressure and exactly the same kind of. He could just benefit from having the extra responsibility of being the playmaker rather than just one of the playmakers. I think it's a very, well, very, very valid thing. Quite the same flair. Well, the, the reservation I have is that he's um, he's 25, isn't he? 26. I mean, Gago's 27. Yeah. This guy's 26, and, and just I mean, he hasn't played. And this this is the thing. And oh, it's, no, it's not about there's not a reason about yeah, his, his ability. In the summer and, and left Chavez until about 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the. Podcast. No, no, no. But I mean, you know, this is a guy who's into his mid 20s, and he just hasn't played football <laughs> because he's always been the understudy, um, and he's been he's been messed about in terms of where he's been playing on the park, either right side midfield, in the middle. Deeper, further forward. I mean, you, you hit your mid twenties and you haven't really played much yeah. first team football, and so it's a gamble. I mean, it's and you're right, you're right. Obviously, it's a completely different uh, environment at Lanús to to Boca, so so you never know. But uh, and and you know, he's always shown flashes. But as I said, I mean, he's I, I don't know how many games he's played, but. Be surprised if it's over. I mean, a hundred appearances yeah, really, yeah, which for someone in the in the mid twenties is is not a great deal. And he does need to hit the ground running. It must be said because Diego Valeri is one of the two who's who's left. He's gone to Portland Timbers in the MLS. Hello, American fans, if you're listening. Um, has I hope he? you enjoy watching him. And Gonzalo Castillejos also yeah. has gone to uh, Barcelona of Ecuador. Castillejos well, uh, was away in, for the last couple of seasons, right? Yeah, he was, he was on the Central. 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 Did very well in the, in the yeah. Primera, uh, in the B Nacional. And then had six months at Lanús during the Torneo Inicial, during which he, I think he scored three or four goals, but he didn't yeah. quite catch light in the way I think a lot of Lanús fans were hoping because he, he came back with quite a bit of hype behind him. Um, so I don't think that makes him that much. Valeri's going to be a big man to replace, though. And of course, Chavez is... Well, he's pretty he awful as well. Like he's like, he didn't play and he was injured a lot, kind of. So it wasn't. I'm not really surprised he's um, he's gone off. But mm. I know talking to a couple of Moose fans, they they were pretty uh, pretty sick of him at the end. You know, with this goldfish memory, a lot of uh, Argentine football fans yeah. have. <laughs> I think if he can stay fit in Portland, I think that uh, MLS fans should be yeah. should, should be able to enjoy watching him. He's a nice player to watch. Yeah, he's very very nice. When he's fit to play, um, but yeah, the last year or so, that's been an increasingly big when or if we should say. Um, I think any we've other got sides we've not covered yet. San Lorenzo. We were going to have Mariano in today, and he, yeah. he forgot about us, so he's, he's not. I think we've got Boca and San Lorenzo, the, the glaring, the glaring um, emissions. We're obviously building up to Boca. Uh, of course, people who um, who know what's happened with Boca over the last couple of days will, will know exactly why. Um, but San Lorenzo, you're quite right, Dan. We do need to cover Maro Cheto's coming. Or Seto Cheto, he's got an Italian club. I'm going to You can't call him Cheto here, though, can you? Uh, you can't. No. That's very true, actually. No, you definitely can't. Well, if he plays badly, he will be good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he's coming on, I think, probably on loan from Palermo. And Giancarlo Carmona. He's uh, come back. A very Italian oh, player. He's coming from he's come back, yeah. club. Um, he was, yeah, he's been there for a while. It was like, it's one of these moves, like, he went away. And for some reason, they count him as kind of uh, reincorporations, you can say. Yeah, the player wasn't on the books. The player wasn't on the books for the Inicial, and then they come back. It counts as, uh, as one of their signings. So yeah, no Carmona. I, I saw him play a couple of decent games. He's like a very rapid fullback, um, likes to get forward. And yeah. I've seen him play decently, and I've also seen him have his fair share of um, stinkers. So, <laughs> is, isn't he? Is he a Peruvian international? He's a pro- Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's played. He's definitely played for him a few times. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's if he's in in, in the first team now, but he's still in contention. Um, San Lorenzo, as we were saying earlier, with regards to Independiente, Independiente don't look like actually San Lorenzo. Does that mean we think San Lorenzo is safe? Yeah, I'd say so. I thought they, they, they yeah. start, they're really improved under. They need a solid season, but if hmm. if they have a solid season, you know, they don't need to do anything spectacular. They just need to hold it together. Really. 
and uh, that's it. Well, we eventually managed to get Mariano on. Uh, we're going to ask him, obviously, about the return to Boedo, especially because we've not yet had a San Lorenzo fan's opinion on that. Although it is uh, carrying on, but we'll get more detail from that in a week or two when we can get Mariano on. Um, and now we're, we're stuck with the one that we've been trying to avoid talking about for ages, which has been boring us all shitless um, and frustrating us an awful lot. But Boca Juniors, Juan Roman Riquelme. Uh, we can't possibly not mention it. It's got to go in our headlines so we get loads of listeners about it. Um, he was, when we spoke last week, he looked like he was not going to play at all. And then a couple of days after that, he announced he agreed personal terms with Tigre and that everything was sunshine and light and that Tigre now needed to go to Boca and agree a fee and work out how they were going to get the $2 million that Boca were going to ask to release Riquelme from his contract. And um, Joel, tell us what happened yesterday. Well, all of a sudden then, uh, Jana said on Twitter, Bomba, uh, there's there's a possibility that, that Riquelme is, in capital letters as well, Bomba. Liberal uh, use of the word Bomba to then put up with that. It's kind of a possibility, maybe it could happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then every, it's all been based on this one bit of information, which is that um, Riquelme uh, apparently watched the Super Classico at the weekend, which obviously Boca lost and then lost the, the pre-season pre series um, to, to River and he was really annoyed and is now ready and willing to um, he called up Bianchi and said I'm, I'm ready to come back so it's now in, in, the ball is now in the court of Boca and it's up to them to, to decide now I mean there's so many things going on here um, it's hilarious isn't it Bianchi are, apparently wants him back but isn't going to pressure the, the directors the dressing room is split right down the middle Tigre are really pissed off because they're, in, in the words of one of Tigre's directors, who unfortunately Ole did not name today on their website, um, but, but he spoke to Ole and said, So if Riquelme wanted to come back to Boca this whole time, then why the fuck has he been meeting us and talking to us so much for the last two weeks? Um, the directors probably don't want Riquelme back, but at the same time, are aware that if they don't bring him back, they're going to have hell to pay with the fans when it comes yeah. to the next election. I mean, there, there are all kinds of theories being banded about. One is that by doing this, because the problem is the $2 million mm. to, to the release clause from, uh, from his contract. Um, obviously, it's still a, a, he still is under contract with Boca, but it's just suspended. So for any club to take him, needs need to pay Boca $2 million. So by sort of saying, oh, well, I'll, I'll actually I'll come back, then if the problems that you already had with the board, which are undeniable, if those aren't ironed out, then he'll say, well, hang on then he can take it to the players' union yeah. and they have to release it, which would then open the door for Tigre or Argentinos, because Argentinos were also yeah, actually yeah. much further down the line in terms of agreeing something with, with Brigalmi than Tigre were, but Argentinos had no way of paying the two million. So you, don't, you just don't know what's going on here. The point yeah. is that it changes every, every two hours, man. Yeah, and he's left it very late because, as you say, he, he's going to have to take it to... Uh, to the players' union or whatever, if Boca do it, it, it refuse to let him back in anyway, the registration window closes on Thursday. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, be, it'll uh, be resolved. It'll be resolved before then, of course. But I mean, but also for the Boca players, what do they feel about this? I mean, okay, so hang on, you yeah. didn't want to come back, and then you, you watched us, you thought we were rubbish, and so you want to come back and sort this all out. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sort of saying it's not. Uh, an opinion on, on Raquelme's action or anything, but I just mean that you know what the dynamic there, what happens there in the changing room if he goes back to Boca. If he ends up going to Tigre, then yeah. no one's the why. There's just another chapter in this in this sort of, in this saga. Um, and the bottom line is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I just want to see him playing. It's and true. Don't want this to carry on. Yeah. You know, this 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 saga is just going on for far too long, and we want to see him play next season. So um, I think the thing I want to know is, you know. It's a player who played his last game of football in, what, July or June. So, and we can all guess, like, you know, as much as we all love Rick Elmer, he's never been, you know, the most um, driven of players on the training pitch. Like, I can't imagine he's really been, like, killing himself on his own, like, doing, uh, doing the hard yards. So, what kind of state is he going to come back in? Like, is it going to take another three months, whoever he comes from, until he can actually be fit enough to take a football pitch? Like... You know, this is a yeah. serious question. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also the problem then. If he does return to Boca and then isn't fit... Yeah, he's going to be on the heels, pissing off people in the dressing room. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, as you said, Sam, though, if, it, if it's the registration closes on Thursday, 
I mean, it's going to be resolved pretty much by the time this goes out. But mm. so, I mean, but but basically, the situation, as I understand it today, is that still it's just as likely that he could play for Boca Tigre or Argentinos. Right. We'll tell you next week who he actually ends up <laughs> playing for. I suppose, oh, <laughs> maybe. If anyone, yeah. there's no guarantee. Boca hasn't done too badly in the transfer market, apart from that loan we talked about. Juan Manuel Martinez is coming in from Corinthians. On it's on a loan, isn't it? Surely. Sure. Um, <laughs> last week. Uh, Rinaer Rodriguez has also been brought in Claudio um, Perez who we mentioned last week and Damian Escudero who's uh, the only exits of course of Cristian Chavez who we just mentioned at Manus and Rolando Schiavi who's retired <laughs> and who didn't join Martin Palermo got away cruising in the end did he? No, he's he done something else what was it? China, China. Yeah. of course yeah he's retired and he's going to play a little more I think yeah, yeah. As an assistant player, sorry, assistant manager slash player. Because it's uh, Batista there, of course, who's, in, who's the coach. Yes. Sergio Checho Batista, so. Um, they, 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 they had their, uh, their pre season uh, training, as all Chinese teams do, in Mother Plata. Yes. Ah, yes. And they freed up one of their, one of their foreign um, uh, places, because, of course, you're only allowed two foreign players in the Chinese league by uh, letting Didier Drogba go through Galatasaray. So basically, they, Galatasaray for the Apache. Right, yeah. So basically, they've replaced the drop but with Rhino Scale. Is she still there? I believe. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to look that up now. I think he is because Anelka's not. So Anelka's not. He's, he's well, of course, he's at Juventus. Yeah. But um. Yeah, really, really interesting move replacing Drogba and Anelka with Gio and Scali. Yes, Gio is still there. So uh, I'd love to say that we're going to keep you up to date with how Shanghai Shenmue do in the Chinese league, but we, we're not. So. Do you have any Chinese listeners? Uh, when Seba puts it up on Monday, so let's do it sometimes. Get some. But uh, word, WordPress is blocked in China, so oh, if it's only me putting it up on the hand of pop blog, we don't get anything China. Uh, right. Otherwise, we get two or three a week. I think. Hey, so, well, maybe one of them can can tweet us and say yeah if, if anybody wants to retweet links to it or uh, to host it on your own site which is not blocked in China please do because that would up our potential audience quite considerably um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're all about self-promotion on I'm going <laughs> to play some music now and then we're going to come back and answer um, we've only had a few questions or at least we have when we started recording we'll answer a few of those and uh, after that you'll hear Mystic Sam's predictions for the first round of the Donnell final yes I am still doing it don't go anywhere week but that's probably a good thing because we, we couldn't deal with the volume that we did last week I think uh, first is from Phil Carney who asks Juan Roman Riquelme why why Which I think we've almost just discovered I, I think just why all of the endless pissing about and, uh, and, and he, he basically he's a fantastic player and you know they love him in Boca they love yeah. him in Argentina and, and he appears to like seeing himself in the papers yeah I guess um it is infuriating though as we say we, we wish it would just end and then he could get on with, with playing really well I'm quite happy if he ends up playing for a team that I don't mind as opposed to a team I actively dislike personally um, Gareth Townsend asks what are the chances of Argentine club winning the Copa Libertadores and which team of Argentinas do you think will go furthest into it so we've had another question on the Libertadores as well from uh, Tom Robinson who asks how much of an impact do you think Gago will have on Venice and their Libertadores chances so Copa Libertadores guys um, we've mentioned Tigre against Independiente not quite finishing off the Torneo Inicial because Tigre still have to play Kilmes in a week and a half as well um, we didn't mention the Tigre have qualified from the group stage we mentioned it last week actually when it was happening uh, to the group stage of the Libertadores so the, the teams in the Libertadores match are Tigre uh, Newell's Old Boys Venice. Boca Juniors Venice Sarsfield and Arsenal de Sarandi uh, five of them. Who do we think going furthest? Mm, you got to say Boca or Vélez, isn't it? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, some good run. Yeah, there's um, some good stories though. You've got Tigre and Arsenal who are total rookies, and then Vélez, Newells, and Boca who all have fantastic histories mm. in in the competition. So looking at the squads, 
as I think we've, we've said, I mean, obviously Vélez and Boca, I totally agree, are the, are the strongest. Um, but Newell's have got a great mystica. I mean, very difficult place to go to go for. Yeah. All their home games going to be, uh, you know, sold out. Uh, great one atmospheres. Is, one in what ninety. Yeah. And they also lost the final with um, mm. with Bielsa as well. So um, so Boca and Boca and Vélez have got to be the favourites. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see how, how Tigre and, and Arsenal get get on. I mean, it's it's a big ask for them because they just don't have the squads. Yeah. But um, Tigre also have a problem with Botta who won't sign his contract. So there's a bit of an issue there. But um, but yeah, I mean, really, you have to look at Boca and Vélez as the when does the two, when does Botta's contract run out? Yeah. Yeah. They need to go an extension, surely. It's they're And we say that every year because yeah. of the financial muscle that the Brazilian sides have, yeah. which is undeniable. But that said, I mean, Vélez got semi-finals, quarter-finals last two years. Uh, Boca made the final as well. Yeah. And you know, talking about the the pedigree in the competition, you know, look at Bianchi back at, at Boca. I mean, he knows more about winning the, the Libertadores with both Vélez and Boca than any other coach, really, in, yeah. in South American football. So. You know, that, that's a, an enormous advantage and, and something massively in their in their favour going into the competition. And if Riquelme goes to Boca or Tigre, how would that affect either side's chances of getting out of the groups? I, I guess particularly relevant. Tigre would be transformed. Yeah. And completely Massive. transformed. But and, and for Boca, it would be even more of a boost. Denny Morrison asks, how was the Independiente versus Tigre match? What did we think of it? We've already gone through damn sorts, I know he didn't see it. <laughs> he was watching men throw a football or a, a rugby ball around instead. I was. Um, was John, did you catch any? No, I didn't. I saw the second half. Independiente were much better than Tigre in the second half. It wasn't, it wasn't one of the week's highlights, to be honest. No. <laughs> it wasn't must-watch football for, for the majority of people. I guess unless you're an Independiente or a Tigre fan. Um, I think most people probably weren't even aware it was on. These sort of hungover games from the previous year are always slightly um, not all that well publicised. Um, next questions. TikTok, TikTok. La Celeste blog, uh, a blog on Uruguayan football, asks What's the story with Carlos Sanchez of River Plate? Weren't Tottenham interested in it? Well, if they were, he's not going now because the, the transfer window shut. There were there was talk of a quite hefty bid actually uh, from from Tottenham um, early on in January, and wondering what's what's going on with these. I mean, do you remember the the Pato Rodriguez to Manchester United <laughs> rumor? You know, these things get get talked about. Maybe there were scouts, maybe there weren't, but but ultimately, I mean, nothing came of it for for about a week. It seems there was there was some fairly sort of firm interest in it. But um, and he's a good player, um, very versatile. Kind of, he can play sort of a fullback or right side midfield. Get, gets forward a lot. Um, I'm quite a big fan of him, but it's, I mean, nothing happened. Nothing came of it. It was there was the rumour for for a week or so, and then it kind of died its death. And Have you got the feeling as well, kind of. Uh, with Ramon just just coming in, uh, Riverbog really wanted to do everything to keep him happy, and I get the feeling that he sees Sanchez as a real vital part of his team. So if uh, if he had kind of Ramon seal of approval, he wasn't going to get sold in in pre-season. Also, also um, Sanchez actually turned down quite a few offers last season with River, and he was one of the players who joined River when they went down, and, and kind of saw it as quite. Um, in his career that was quite important and he's really well liked at the club so on a personal level you know he's very comfortable he's got a good deal he's got a good contract so I mean obviously a move to the Premier League would, would yeah. you know, it's a whole different stratosphere of, uh, economically for him but, but in terms of you know what how he feels at River Plate and how he's valued there as you said I think you're right for Ramon he's going to be a very important player and, uh, and so you know why not why not stay indeed um 
also, John, I know you're relatively new, but just to let you know for future reference, if Pato Rodriguez gets mentioned on the podcast, we, you must refer to him as P-Rod. Oh, sorry. <laughs> which is not a sexual order. Definitely not. Um, Connor would like to know which of us wrote Sergio R. Alfa's Wikipedia page. Not quite sure what you mean. It seems like a fairly standard Wikipedia page. Let's say it's he also asked whether Dan wants to make any changes to his 2014 Argentina squad predictions, which were made in the middle of 2010 um, for Goal.com. Dan. Any um, um, Saldi at left back? Is that still going to happen? Well, funny enough, he's just been called up to this latest squad. So we'll see. Like, it was a player, you know, it's always impressed me. Like, you know, I don't watch much Russian league football, I must admit, but, you know. He's a player that's always kind of been on the fringes of the team in Argentina. <laughs> no, this is very true. No, who knows, you know. We're talking about three years ago now, though. Like, why don't you write me the, the starting lineup for their first game in 2014 and we'll see how you do with the year. There we go, Connor. That's the gauntlet thrown down. Uh, if you tweet it to us, we shall read it out on the next time the pod. And finally, he asks whether Primera matches are ever going to be broadcast in HD. Um, I thought I'd ask, answer the question because actually in Argentina they already are, at least. Presumably they're not abroad um, there's got to be a market for that abroad you would think Argentine football well the countries that Argentine football is already being sold in are, right. I can't see why they wouldn't sell it in HD as well they can get more money out of it if anything since they're already producing it in HD for the domestic market anyway. yeah I see so I think in in kind of like Mexico and yeah. in other South American countries it comes out like on HD and like Fox and yeah. I think the problem is is it not that they not every single game is broadcast in, in HD oh no of course not I mean, it makes, I mean I've not got an HD TV but you can tell even on mine I mean the, the pitch quality for a pocket home game and for a, an all boys home game is just mm. night and day you can see what's happening in a pocket home game um, always <laughs> it's possible depending on depending on who's in charge of production at all boys it's not always possible um, but yeah I, mean, I, I would have thought that for the matches that are being broadcast certainly in the exterior they're probably already being filmed in HD anyway so not, I wasn't aware that they, they weren't broadcast in HD yeah but they definitely some, some games definitely are being filmed and broadcast in, in HD as you said so um, but TV rights and, and what have you is is still kind of finding its feet a little bit in Argentina since the introduction of Football Paradoros and it's, it's kind of it's ironic considering what you mentioned last week about Rondona being FIFA's um, for TV rights, essentially, it doesn't seem that much good after selling domestic ones. Either that, or he's selling them at a vastly inflated price and pocketing the difference. Not that we'd like to suggest that. No, not that we. Ah, Julio, not that we've ever you cast aspersions on Julio Brandon's integrity <laughs> as a football administrator. Um, finally, Luis Bessone has tweeted an alternative explanation of uh, Florencia Arrieta leaving Independiente. Um, he asks, uh, he says that the media are painting it as a setback. But could it actually turn out to be a chance for Cantero to get a more compliant security chief in? I.e., has she been forced out because he wants somebody else in who's going to toe the line a bit more? Well, it's yeah. Failed, well, that would surprise really what Cantero's yeah. gaining from it. Like. Yeah, that exactly. could definitely be the case, but I don't know if that would be an advantage. You know, It'd just be more of the same. And you know, if you've got a security chief that on the on the surface at least seems to really want to kind of crack down on on the security problems that were there, and, um, and now she's out, like, who's going to come in? Well, as, as we touched on a little bit earlier, it's not that clear exactly what the problem here is because we know that it's, it's about the, the two people who were taken off the list, but in terms of having someone who's a bit more compliant, I mean, obviously that, that's the issue between Ariadon and Cantero, but from the very start, Cantero was keen to, to push all this forward and to, 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 to kick the Barabaravas out of Independiente, so um, she said, I'm not really sure what, what's going on here and what, what the move is here, so... There's no doubt something else going on that uh, that we're not 100% uh, informed on. Yes. But it'd be interesting to see what does happen because, as we've said and continue to repeat, because it needs to be said, you know, what independent they're doing is is revolutionary, trying to kick the the bad out. Um, and if and if the experiment fails, it's a pretty strong statement to uh, to the rest of uh, the the game. Indeed, it is. What, what do you think the chances are of Pantero standing to replace Grandona in 2015? Um, zero. Yeah. Zero. He's stepping down as independent president. Is it? He won't. He will not stand for. He will not stand for re-election. So. Uh, obviously got too much for him. Well, there is that. There is personal security. That said, he's not too fussed. I mean, he uh, he walks through the streets in Abuchaneda yeah. with, with no security guards, unlike many other. Uh, club presidents who need security guards so um, you know he's 
he's just he's very clear about what he wants to do. He wants to to leave a mark and show that things can be done the right way. Um, but uh, Tony, I interviewed him. And he said uh, he wasn't. He doesn't believe in re-election, and he just wants to show that things can be done the right way, and and then walk away. Uh, as you said, you wonder how much he believes realistically he can achieve, and if he were to win re-election, which fairly sure he would, especially if independents stay up, then that second term, you know, what happens then? Can he continue that project? You know, so maybe he's he's already aware of the the, the longer game, thinking I'm just going to get out as when I can. Yeah. Um. On which, I suppose, slightly disappointing note, uh, I shall play this music, and in a second I'll be back in my guise as Mystic Sam, and we'll tell you what to bet all of your pocket money on this coming weekend in the Argentine League. Season injured. Oh, so it was a big, big blow for Kilmers. I don't think they have any major injury now at the moment. So okay. I don't think so. Uh, sorry, I, I think I, I do think he is back. But I don't think he is. Right. Uh, this is your field, Sam. You know, the previous is his. Oh no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I was hoping he for a definitive list. answer. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to say yes, he's back at probably 75% match fitness. He wasn't on their list of injuries that I've seen reported in various places, but then you very frequently get players in Argentina who are listed as injured and then end up playing after the club doctor two days before the match has said yeah he's definitely not going to feature um, which is one of the reasons that that writing previews for Argentine matches can be such a hideous job to do sometimes um, but yes bet all of your pocket money on those outcomes uh, enjoy this weekend's football we'll be back next week with um, a slightly more detailed probably look at the the early Copa Libertadores matches at least because that's starting the group stages of the sorry start next week um, and of course with a look back on the first weekend of the Doneo Inicial if you're going to be watching them enjoy them if you're going to be just listening to this and then hearing our thoughts on it next week we hope you enjoy that as well um, and goodbye for now first of all from English Town goodbye uh, from Joel goodbye and goodbye from me goodbye